Yes, and one of the things that I want to home in on is, is this pastoral heart. Because a lot of us here, we don't actually realize the stuff that he does outside the church, particularly in relation to pastoring young people and mentoring young people. It's actually amazing um, what he's doing. And, uh, and that says a lot about his heart. Uh, there is a father heart in this man. And, uh, and we're going to hear what the Lord has uh, spoken through him this morning. And uh, we just want to bless you and release you, brother, to bring the word. And for us as a congregation, Father, I pray that our hearts will be open and responsive to what the Spirit brings this morning. Just release my brother in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amazing God. Hallelujah. Do me a favor. Just wave to the Lord. Just, just thank him. It's a great God. Hallelujah to your name. Amazing God you are. Amazing God. Amazing God. Beautiful Lord. Beautiful Savior. Oh, he's a great God. Mighty God. He's a wonderful Savior. Oh, I love him, but he loves me more. Hallelujah. He loves you more. He loves you more. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Morning, everybody. It's been a brilliant morning so far. The Spirit of God is thick in this room. I don't know if you noticed. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it's thick. It's thick. And it's wonderful when more and more, the more as we hunger after him, the more as we press into him, the closer we get to him, the, the, the thicker that atmosphere gets. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. And, and not only that, when we go to, the, to the, uh, the, the leaders' meetings or what have you, this same thickness is what, we, is what we're experiencing. That tells me that God is doing something. And I want to be where God's doing something. I want to be where God is. Amen? Amen. Don't you want to be where God is? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. There's so much that has been said this morning already. My concern sometimes is because so much happens. You know, words can be like, like, like waves. And they wash over us. And sometimes you, you're concerned that as wave after wave comes, that certain things get washed away and that you, they don't stick. Yes? Yeah, he is here. Exactly. You're right, Robert. God is here. He's in the right place. Yes, hallelujah. But then I realized that ultimately that's not my job. It's not your job. Right? God's words stick. The things that's, that are necessary or relevant to you stick. So it's not like water or waves like the, you know, like we, the things that matter, that matter to you will stick. 
our job, our responsibility is to stay in the zone, is to say to stay alert. Yes, to stay present. You understand what I'm saying? You have to take an attitude in the spirit where you are present to God. It's just an attitude. It's just an internal attitude. I am present to God. I'm not present to God. I am present to God. I'm present to Robert. Now I am present to Eugene. I am present. That's what I mean. It's an attitude shift. And as soon as you take that attitude, you don't become present to that thing that God has for you. Amen? Amen? I'm asking you this morning to be present to God because there's so much that God has been saying already. There's so much that he's been saying already. Now is not the time to be thinking about distractions, to be thinking about the bills, or to be thinking about what's in the cooker, to be thinking about who cut you up earlier, to be thinking about the argument you had with your spouse or with your children or the issues that you're undergoing and currently carrying. Now is the time to be present Ha! to God because there's specific things that he has said some of which I'm just going to underline quickly there's some strongholds in the mind that today must shift they must shift today because the who that you are the real you must emerge and the only thing that will stand in the way is the view that you have of yourself amen did you hear what I said? I said the only thing that will stand in the way of you doing what God wants you to do is the view that you have of yourself. And as during the course of the service, it's almost like hearing like, like reams of words. The accusations that you present against yourself. I'm not good enough. I, I, you know the, the, the waves of guilt I've done too much wrong God doesn't, does, God doesn't like me how can God like me after what I have done you know all the, I'm, I'm not strong enough I'm not knowledgeable enough I, haven't, I didn't finish university I didn't finish my GCSEs I don't have this or I don't have that I'm not white, I'm not black I'm not yellow, I'm not tall I'm not short, I'm not qualified all these accusations Ah, ma, these struggles in the mind that stand in the way of the reality of what God has said about you. We hear this over and over and over again. And yet this mind lock, this stronghold of the mind, bounces everything that God says. What God says, I love you, it bounces off. I, 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 I love you as you are. It bounces off. I don't care what you've done. It bounces off. And all that locks you in is this view, this lie that the enemy amplifies. You're not good enough. You're not lovable. I know what you did. Nobody else knows, but I know what you did. You hypocrite. Lies. Shikama. They must go. Because it's only what God says that counts. God has the final say. He has the final say. He has the final. It is what he says that counts. Those strongholds must come down. But guess what? You hold the key. You realize that? <laughs> you realize that? You hold the key to your own prison. It doesn't lock from the outside. It locks from the inside. This portion of scripture that we are going to read today 
highlights the fact it was never about you anyway. You are always helpless. You are always bound. You are always in darkness. You are always helpless. There was nothing you could do about any of it anyway. Right? There are people who have come before you, worse than you, murderers, killers, thieves, baby murderers, dash babies against rocks, worse people than you. <laughs> your only job, your only responsibility is to accept what God has said about you. That's your job, and that's what I mean about you holding the key that locks from the inside, not from the outside. Because this, people, this prison is, is blown away. It was blown away on that cross. It is finished. It's what my father said. It's done. It's finished. The only person who can hold you in that place is you. That's your job today. I can't do that for you. So you have to make a choice. So I'm going to press in on you. I'm, I'm going to challenge you. The only point at which I'm going to challenge you is not to be holy or to not do X, Y, Z or to not look at, at this or that. Or, or, that's not the point. No, no. The, what you must do is unlock that, that door and step out into the glorious liberty that God has provided Hallelujah. and allow him to do the work. Because that's his job, not yours. But you, that's your responsibility. Nobody can do that for you. You're small in your own eyes. How many of the disciples went to university? How many of them studied on that Gamaliel's feet? Do you know what they said about them? They're simple men when they stood before the Sanhedrin, the UN of the time for Israel. They stood up before these fishermen, fishermen, peasants, no pedigree. So you might want to locate yourself within that hierarchy if you want to think about it like that. Ordinary men, people that the hoity-toity wouldn't even give the, day, the time of day. They hold their noses, their fingers to their noses because they would smell of fish. These were the guys that God Almighty, our Father, who created the universe, entrusted this mystery to. Hallelujah. Ordinary men and women like you and me. So don't you dare say, who am I? Don't you dare demean yourself. Don't you dare demean yourself. And on that cheerful note,
Oh, hallelujah. Amen, God. Oh, my text. After the amazing work that Mark did last week, laying the foundations, Ephesians is one long argument. It's one long rambling discourse. And in it, he, he encodes, he packs. It's like jam-packing a suitcase. You're going on holiday and jam-packing a suitcase so full that you, you have to get yourself and your wife and your children to sit on it so you can zip it up. That's, this, that's Ephesians. And in particular, the portion of that I have, it's packed. And if we were to go into it really uprooted, we'll be here all day and we don't have that time. It's a shame, but we don't have that time. It would have been great. I'm going to read it in the, in the message and then I'm going to read it in the Amplified. I want to read it in the message just to give a sweep, an overview, and then in the Amplified, and then highlight certain key points with the time, within the time that I have. I'm going to go back a few. So it, has, it makes a little bit more sense. My task is, I'm going to start reading from verse 9. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who... Ephesians 3, verse 9. Sorry. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this, everything that he's been talking about in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. See, God has been working behind the scenes. Through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. The stuff we do gets talked about amongst the angels. Everything right now, the service, and as it happened today, is being dialogued, it's being talked about in heaven right now amongst the angels. Isn't that amazing? And you thought you were ordinary people. All this is proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust in him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. So, don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. Now, this is the backdrop. Okay, just because I'm going through a hard time doesn't mean you because I know you love me. And I know we have a relationship. Don't get distracted by the hard times I'm going through. Look at the bigger picture. You must always look at the bigger picture. You must step out. Look at the big picture. And then when you come back in, you do this. But you've got to keep stepping out. Stepping in and stepping out. Otherwise, you will be consumed, as it were, by the flurry of what's happening right now. You have to step in. You have to learn to step in and step out. I love that image of that eagle that, that Sean brought. That, oh, I love the eagle. It's a majestic animal. It's a beautiful animal. Oh, my days. With his eyesight and the way it perches completely aloof. And then it catches that wind, those thermal winds you spoke about, and spreads out that span of wings. My God, the majesty of it. And soars without effort. <laughs> That's how we're supposed to live as believers, guys. Not by our own effort, soaring on the thermal wings of the spirit. Hallelujah. My response 
is to get down on my knees before the Father. Now, this is entering into my space. The magnificent Father who passes out all, passes out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door. You see? You see? Who opens the door? Sorry, who opens the door? Sorry, who opens the door? As you open the door and invite him in, you must open the door. You must invite him, invite him in. You must be present to all that God is and to all that God can do. You, you, that's your responsibility. That's your responsibility in this church. You must open the door. The more doors that are open, the more connected and interconnected we become. Did you hear what I said? The more doors that are open, the more connected and interconnected we become. The more connected and interconnected we become, the more the body has the ability to feed and, you know, one to the other. The gifts and the callings flow one because the things you have that I need and things you have that I need and things Robert has that I need and things you have that I need. And if those doors are locked on the inside, you deny me my right as a member connected to your body. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you will be able to take in. You will be able to take in, with all Christians, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out, experience the breath, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. That's the bit that I love. <laughs> he does it not by brute strength. He doesn't push us around. He doesn't bully us. He does not bully us. God is not a bully, even though I know a lot of his shepherds are. A lot of those as he entrusted the word of life to are and misrepresent God. Give, him, give God, the, give people the wrong view about who he is. You go out there, walk through, walk the high streets and ask them, what's the Christian God like then? I dare you. Take that Vox Paul, take that, that little, that little, what do you call it? Survey. Ask people at random, what this God of the Christians, what's he like? And you know who's to blame for that? We are. The, the God that we represent or reflect to people is the God that people know. But that God is an idol, it's not the real God. Amen? Oh, you guys are going all serious on me. Jeez, is it that deep? I want you to like me. So you smile at me. Don't make me feel like I've done something wrong. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit, deep 
deeply and gently within us. You get it? It is spirit that works within us. Okay. That's the message. The message is very gentle. days hallelujah thank you Jesus amplified for this reason and the amplified explains what this reason is seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are being built together in Christ so the focus is the mystery that Mark spoke about and others who've been talking about the, the other verses of scripture that they talk about is that this is the mystery that the mystery is that God is not only interested in the Jews he's not only interested in just bequeathing them with the with the gifts as it were of heaven the entirety of all that God possesses you with me but that Jews and Gentiles are called to be heirs joint heirs of the promise of the father amen, amen. okay and what is this promise of the Father? Can anybody hazard a guess? Quickly. Say that again. To hear the stars sing in the morning. To hear the stars sing in the morning. Yes, that's a good guess. Yes, they are singing. Yes, and the stars are called angels as well. So yes. But there's one particular gift that was promised to us. Anybody want to hazard a guess? That is true. But how do we know that? Say again, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the one who works in us, gently working, shaping, moving, transforming us into the image of His Son. That's the gift of the Father. Hallelujah. You with me so far? Are you with me so far? It says, so we're being built together. So he, Paul bows his knees before the Father. So given this milieu, this understanding that we all now have access to the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is ask. That's what we do when we receive, when we receive Christ. I just ask him to come and live inside of me. I don't do a song or a dance. I just ask. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, is what the scripture says. Yes? When I call on the name of the Lord, the Spirit of God comes and indwells my heart and yours. Yes? He says, so Paul prays, giving all, giving this, we understand this, now we all have, no, there's no break between Jew, Gentile, we're all together. And then he says, from, I bow my knees before the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ for whom, for whom every family in, on, in, in heaven and on earth is named so the first point I want to, read, to pull out quickly is father the fact that he's father, he's your father and he's my father you remember the Lord's prayer, he says our father you remember the thrust of Jesus's, of Jesus's ministry was to, to remind and to convince and to convey the idea of God's fatherhood. It is important that we start from that spot. Anything else that concerns scripture, anything else that concerns what we preach, what we say, must start in the fatherhood of God. Number one. Number two, 
It talks about families in heaven and on earth. What does that mean? It means those that we have lost, in quote, those who have passed through the veil, or to be blunt, those who have died, are not dead but living. Do you understand? It's important for us to understand that because this is part of the package that we've received. Otherwise, we are like everybody else in the world who live consistently afraid of death and of dying. Amen? Amen. That is not our portion. If we fear death, it means that there is an understanding that we yet lack. Of course, I don't want to die. But actually, I kind of do. I kind of do because, I mean, it's kind of like a drag being in a body that starts to groan and crack and, and not being able to be where I want to be at the, just at the snap of the finger. But I can do that when I have my glorified body. You do get that. Yes? Or the ability to be with my Savior, to see the liquid love of my Father, to be, em- to be engulfed and to be embraced by the love of the Most High God. The only problem we will have with that is if we've got the wrong image of God. Yes? If he's a bully, if he's cold, if he's a judge, if, he's, if he constantly checks our record to see whether we've done the right thing or the wrong thing, if the view of God that we have is our horrible boss or our abusive husband or our abusive father, ah, if that's the view of God that we have, then it's a wrong view. It will skew the view that we have of God. The mention of him should bring tears to our eyes just at the anticipation of him saying, I love you, son. Yes. Because there's nobody that can bring healing and acceptance to our heart like the Father can with just one word that you are loved. You know how many times people can say to you, I love you. And they're just empty words. But the father just looks at you and says, I love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And a whole, it's like a whole history of hurts just gets washed away. Nobody can do that but our father. And yet he gets maligned and slandered every single day. And I hate it. I hate it. And I hate it even more when we do it to ourselves. The love of the Father, family in heaven and on earth, not separate but one. Yes, not separate but one. And the constant desire to build bridges, to build bridges, because the enemy's desire is to scatter, to blow up, to cause people to be scattered. The impetus of the Spirit is to draw together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. The things that God, ah, I'm mindful of time, so much in the scripture. The things that there is one key thing that Paul desires in this prayer that he's praying 
for the Ephesians and for those who would read this letter. One thing he's praying, one thing his heart desire is, that's the point of that scripture. And it is this, that Christ may dwell, may reside, may sit, may be at home, may be welcome in our hearts. How? Through faith. Remember when I said earlier that you have to open the door. That the door, the, the door is closed from the inside and locked from the inside. You have to open the door. Yes? Christ has to come inside and he needs to dwell. But he's got to do it by faith. By, by faith means you say. Because he, he already is inside. You do, you do understand. <laughs> because where are you going to hide from God? What space are you going to say you can't occupy when he occupies everything and everywhere? David said, if I go to the heavens, you're there. If I go to the depths of, this, of the earth, you're there. Where, where can I escape from your presence? Oh God, he's everywhere. But God is such a gentle God. Yes. God is such a gentle God. He does not impose himself. He does not push. His spirit is gentle. He embodies the whole essence of love. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. He's gentle. He's kind. He does not bully. He does not harangue. That's not our God. Amen? Amen. His desire is to dwell on the inside, but you've got to give him room. You've got to invite him in. So, Paul prays. Because sometimes, to do that is difficult. It's hard because of the, our flesh. It's hard because of the memories of, our, of the lifespan that we've walked on the earth. So there's certain decisions that we have made about ourselves and about how we manage ourselves that conflicts, as it were, with what God wants to do. Does that make sense? So there are strongholds that can war against what God wants to do. God says, I love you, and he wants to embrace you, but your knowledge or your awareness or your experience of love from a human perspective has created these huge porcupine-type defenses around you that pushes that away. And God being the God that he is will not impose himself. So what he does is that he issues an invitation. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. And it's your job to say, okay. Or you don't know what I've been through. You don't know how I've been hurt. You don't know what they did to me. You have no idea how much it hurts. May Christ through faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. There are two other words I just wanted to put out. Because it's impossible for God to do that which he wants to do without our understanding being clear about what it is he wants to do. And that is why it relates back to who the Father is. Our liberty comes from building you know, the idea of roots, and roots is important. The idea, of course, we know from the, from the parable of the sower. It's important that our roots, we see ourselves as living trees, as trees. 
and that we are planted in the soil of God's love so that our roots dig deep. Yes? Hallelujah. You've seen root. I know you've seen roots that dig deep. You know the sort of roots that burrow themselves on the, the foundation of houses. It's the sort of roots that we're talking about. That you've got to let your roots go deep. And how do you do that? You can only do it as you are watered by God's word. As you are rooted in the, in the understandings that we have about who God is and what it is that he wants to do. Soaked up, always energized by his love. We know that God desires a family. We know that God wants to redeem. We know that he wants to reverse the curse of the law. We know that he wants to reverse the power, as it were, that, that which the enemy has unleashed by detaching the world from God's love. God has reattached it. And we, as it were, are the conduits of that life to the world. Amen? We cannot be conduits if we ourselves are locked, as it were, in our own internal strongholds. We cannot, we can do all the going around and telling people about Jesus' that we like, but we're not supposed to be lone rangers, guys. The church is not about one person. It's about his body. It's always about his body. His body. So it's always about Christ, not about you, not about your name, not about your empire, not about your job, not about your vision. No, it's not about you. Never ever about you. You cross into that territory, you, you step out as it were into on, in no man's land. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just skipping over this. These are things that we really need to <laughs> spend each verse. You can spend time to just unpack. Right? I'm just skimming over, and as I'm skimming over, I'm just feeling like I'm doing the passage injustice. Thank you, Lord. May you really come to know practically. So, no, that you may have the power and be strong. So, he says, may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love. Founded securely in love. Talks almost like when, when you've got the idea of the roots, but you also have the idea of foundations. Right? Jesus Christ is called the cornerstone. We build on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Yes? Yes? So we don't, we don't create new foundations. We build on the foundations that we already have. That is why the study of scripture is important. And the study of scripture doesn't just mean I just go, I just select the portions of scripture that I want and I just run with that. No, you can't do that. We have to make a practice in this church and we will. And I prophesy that. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to get behind that. That we have to make, an, we have to understand what it is we say we believe. We have to understand who it is we say we believe. Because we can't ride, as it were, on just abstractions or our own interpretations of stuff that have not been peer-reviewed. I know people personally who've gone off track because they thought they knew something that was beyond orthodoxy. What other foundation are you going to build as aside from that which has already been rooted in Christ and on and, and, and the basis of the prophets and the apostles? What new revelation are you bringing to the world? Hello? What new revelation are you bringing to the world that we have not seen before? Who do you think you are? That thinking is what has led some people off track where no longer the church isn't seen 
as the, 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 the custodians of God, of the Father's love. He's known for other things. The power of God. The power! Oh, I have no idea what that even means. Power of God. It's the love of God that, 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 that the scriptures harp on. Because there's no power without his love. It's his love that is his power. The highlights of who the Father is, is his love. His love that swallows up darkness, that sweeps obstacles out of the way, that opens us up, that makes us, that changes us on the inside. The Bible doesn't say that God is power. The Bible says God is love. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves. Now, let me go back. You may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> See, with all the saints. Don't say you, our father. Don't say my father is our father. That you, with all the saints, so you can see consistently the message of scripture is always about oneness. Bringing back together. Bringing body body, building, one house that God can indwell from which the light of God can spread to the nations to the world yes uh, yes, and it cannot be done without faith it cannot be done without faith and that is why faith is the very thing that the enemy attacks yes faith is what the enemy attacks if the enemy can attack what you believe about God if he can malign you Malign God to you and you buy into it. Why, Lord, would you let this happen to me? As, have, how many of you have heard and have spoken that phrase in your heads? Be honest and put your hands up. Why, God, did you let this happen to me? Oh, by the way, let me just tell you that that's, that was an accusation right from the pit of hell. Straight, express from hell. Why, God, did you let this happen to me? Express from hell, out of your mouth. You should say, get behind me, Satan, instantly. Because it denies, it maligns God. It says God is a careless father. As an absent father, he doesn't care about you. That's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. It's a lie. Hallelujah. Straight up, Robert. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's, we, want, we, want, we want to apprehend and grasp. We want to apprehend. Uh, we, I'm apprehending, Brian. I'm apprehending, Brian. I'm grasping, Brian. I, I'm apprehending, Brian. Right? I, I'm apprehending. No, sorry. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to do. Apprehend and grasp with all the saints. Sorry, sorry, Brian. God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what's the breath and length and height and depth of it? 
that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ who surpasses mere knowledge. There's too much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I want to speak into those strongholds. I'm going to stop there. It's just too much. It's too much. I want to speak into those strongholds as... As these guys play, I want you, you're going, we're all going to stand to our feet and then we're going to have dialogue with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who indwells us. He is the one who works from the inside out. He is the treasure. He is the treasure. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have all of heaven. Do you understand me? Hello? If you have the Holy Spirit, you have, you have the whole of heaven. On the inside, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh my days. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have all of heaven. Do you agree? You have to see that. You have to grasp. Do you want me to grasp Brian again? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.